Welcome to another episode of the Neon Belly. This week, I wanted to talk about tips that I think can help your back control and give you higher percentage rear naked chokes. Since I got my black belt in September, I have been working a lot on trying to really sharpen up my back control and my chokes from the back. And in doing so, I've watched a lot of matches, especially from guys like Keith Krikorian and Ethan Curlinson. And I wanted to talk about like a few things that I think they do really well that could help you out, as well as some other things that I've just picked up um, over the years, but especially focused on like the past, you know, uh, six to nine months or so. I'm going to reference some matches and maybe even a couple instructionals and I'll put those in the notes for the episode of this show. Unfortunately, not all of those are uh, free. Some of them are behind a paywall. Um, most of the stuff I'm going to be referencing is on UFC Fight Pass and they may have like a trial, a free trial or something that you could do. So if there's any way that you have access to that or if you could get like a free trial, it's I would really advise, you know, checking it out for just a few days or so just to see some of the matches that I'm talking about or, or some of the events. Um, so the biggest thing that I have done since 2018, and also I encourage everybody to, you know, reach out or if there's anything specific that you like that's helped your rear naked chokes, I'd love to hear what it is as well. Um, so I, this was something I always struggled with. even Before I was a black belt, um, until like 2018 or so, um, so even at brown belt, I had a really hard time with getting rear naked chokes once I was already on someone's back. If I was taking someone's back, I could definitely get it in transition sometimes. But if I was already on the back, it was just really hard for me to clear the hands and get the finish. When the EBIs were kind of taking over, the Eddie Bravo Invitationals, and it was like the early DDS era, and when Danaher put out those back attack instructionals that straight jacket system ended up actually helping me a fair amount uh, and I still do that a fair amount and if you aren't familiar with that um, I'm going to be speaking from like one perspective for the episode right so if you're on someone's back if you pretend that you're already on the back you have a seat belt grip so one arm is over the shoulder one is under the shoulder we're going to pretend that the right arm is over the top and the left arm is under the armpit so the right arm is going to be the one that's doing the choking so if we have the seat belt grip and we fall to the underarm side what used to be called the weak side or the underhook side which is going to be to our left right so we fall on that left side we've got our head between the floor and their head and for that straight jacket system, we're going to be using the bottom arm, our left arm, to trap their top arm, their right hand, their right wrist, kind of press that low down by the hips, and our right leg, our top leg, is going to come over the top and trap their arm in place. Then we can use our bottom arm to trap their bottom hand, and now they kind of have no arms to defend uh, the choke, while we have, you know, one arm to work with to get it in place and then we either can finish with one arm or we can let go of the hand and and run that second hand behind the head to finish with two hands so that's sort of like the basics of how that straight jacket system works but sometimes that straight jacket system doesn't work that well and we have to find alternative ways to get the same results and if you watch guys like Gordon Ryan or Giancarlo Bodoni you still primarily see the straight jacket 
being used and it's super high percentage. So I'm not dogging it at all. I just want to talk about some kind of alternative things that I've seen a lot watching guys like Keith Krikorian and Ethan Krellinston. So number one, uh, I'm going to talk about Keith first for a second. So right out the gate, one of the things that Keith does, it's really uh, interesting is his left arm is over the top instead of his right arm. So he he's playing the seatbelt left-handed basically. And I think that throws a lot of people off. The big event that I think is really worth watching, um, it's not an EBI, but it's it's like an EBI overtime championship that's on UFC Fight Pass. The finals ends up being Keith Krikorian versus Ethan Krellinston. And every match basically is just EBI overtime rules. So instead of having a match and then having an overtime if a submission doesn't happen, everything is just starting from that overtime position. So you get to pick whether you want to start at an armbar or start from the back. Spoiler alert, most people start from the back and just play from there. And whoever gets a submission the fastest or whoever escapes the fastest after like three innings or three rounds, if nobody gets a submission, moves on to the next round. So Ethan and Keith both submit their way through this event like super fast. And neither one of them submits each other in the finals. It comes down to like escape time, I believe. And Ethan does get the win on that. But with Keith, he's always falling to the left arm side. So I've been working a lot the past few months of actually switching up my seatbelt side a little bit and attacking uh, unconventionally. So even though I'm weaker choking with my left arm, other people are weaker defending against that left arm. So I feel like it kind of evens out a little bit. So that's a big thing that you can play with. Another thing that I see Keith do a lot, a lot is sort of forego that straight jacket. And basically, if you go back to imagining yourself on the back there in that position I was talking about where you're on the left side, your right arm is over the top, your left arm is under the armpit. So you're going to be choking with the right arm. You're going to reach down with your right hand and grab that bottom shoulder, like the outside of their shoulder, sort of like in between the tricep and the top of the shoulder. And what this is doing is it's getting the crook of your elbow in line with the chin. So even though it's still like pretty low, your arm is low, it's not across the throat, it's not across the face, it's sort of going across the chest, but it's still lined up with the chin. So you can see this in the match that Krikorian had this past weekend with Tom Halpin on uh, Polaris 24. By getting it lined up like that, it's harder for the person defending to stop the arm from going across laterally than it is to stop the arm from coming up underneath the chin. So uh, say you're defending and they're on your back, their right arm's over the top. If they're just trying to get their arm like underneath your chin, you can kind of stop that a little bit. You can dig your hands in. But if they punch laterally, like just all the way across and grip onto your shoulder, first off, they have some control and some domination over that shoulder, which by itself is like powerful, good form of control. And then they just have to walk their hand up a little bit. And their hand is already pretty much behind your shoulder blades, behind your neck. And they, they're pretty much already in on like a one-arm choke at that point. And they just can finish with one arm 
or get the second hand behind the head. If your chin's in, they're probably going to need the second hand behind the head, but it's, it's not that hard to get that once you get that first hand all the way behind. All the stuff we're talking about is like taking into account that you don't need to really get under the chin, right? Anybody listening to this, you know already, if you watch a lot of modern matches, you don't see a ton of people always bothering to get underneath the chin or totally flush against the neck. You can choke someone perfectly clean, put them to sleep straight through the chin, straight through the jaw, as long as your elbow is in line with the chin and as long as your elbows are sort of pressing down before you apply that compression or that rotational finish. So you see Keith doing that all the time. Falls to the weak side, falls to the underhook side, punches his primary choking arm across hard to that bottom shoulder, kind of sinks those fingers in on the shoulder, and then walks that hand up like behind the line of the shoulders and then punches that second hand behind the head, and it's pretty much over if you have a respectable you know, finish from there. So that's like a big thing I've been doing to get a lot of rear nakeds recently. Uh, another big thing is just like not having a ton of respect if they try to defend with the same side arm. So if your right arm is doing the choke, if they're defending with their right arm, you can pretty much just plow right through that unless they're attacking at like your knuckle line or sometimes your thumb line, right? But if if your right arm is choking and they have that right hand, their right hand, on your wrist or your forearm or your elbow, you don't have to respect that at all. You can just keep climbing that hand up behind the neck. I see a lot of people, they feel somebody grabbing their arm and they feel like, ah, they've blocked my choke. I have to switch arms. I have to peel these hands off and try again. A lot of the times you don't. I mean, if they if they attack the thumb line or the knuckle line, you do have to clear those grips or switch arms. We're going to get into the switch arm thing in just a second here. But if someone's just grabbing your arm, you don't really have to respect that that much. So we're getting into Ethan a little bit. A big thing I noticed that Ethan does is he also will forego some of that straitjacket style attacks. And he does this thing where he creates a, I think he calls it a long arm. Again, starting on that weak side, underhook side. He tilts, right? So the pros of the underhook side are you have a lot of control. You have good head, head position. You have that domination underneath their armpit with your underarm. And you also have really uh, versatile attacks if the rear naked choke doesn't work. So you have good arm lock follow-ups. You have good triangle follow-ups, um, rear triangle follow-ups. All of that stuff is, is readily available. The big pro of the overarm side, if you fall to the top arm side, it's easier to lock the second hand of that rear naked choke behind the head. That's the main strength of that position. So what I'm seeing Ethan doing is kind of combining the two. So he'll start on that underarm side where the control is really strong. But instead of trying to get his primary rear naked choke arm all the way behind the head from there, what he'll do is if he has a body triangle, you know, he might 
release the lock and post on his own foot, or he might even uh, throw in, if you're on the left side, your right leg is going to throw over as a hook, like a deep hook. You're going to actually take your left foot and put it on the floor and kind of press off and bridge your hips and tilt them from their left hip all the way to the right hip as you lengthen that right arm out and sink it behind the neck. So basically you're bringing them from the underarm side to the overarm side. But as you do this, you're really accentuating, turning them totally to the side as you deepen your arm around the neck. So it doesn't, this also doesn't put a ton of regard for getting the arm totally underneath the chin. It just gets a super deep grip around the neck, whether it's the neck, whether their chin is tucked and their face kind of gets involved in there. It doesn't really matter, but it makes that arm super deep. So it's accomplishing the same thing that Keith was doing. You're getting the line of your elbow lined up with their center line and their chin, but just instead of grabbing that shoulder first on the underarm side, you're tilting them across to the overarm side to get that extra slack out of your arm, punching it all the way behind the neck there. And again, you can finish with one arm or you can you know, run the second arm behind the head and take a finish there. Another thing Ethan's doing, you can see this in the Fabricio Andre match, is if people are, you can also see it against uh, Mike Davila at that uh, same event I just talked about, the Jiu Jitsu Overtime um, kind of championships on Fight Pass there. If he's punching that hand across for the rear naked and the person on defense starts to catch the thumb line or the knuckle line, he's moving his head position to the other side of the head and switching arms. So he's kind of pummeling arms for the rear naked choke. And this is kind of like almost super old school in some respects, but he's just kind of modernizing it a little bit and being a little bit more like precise with some of the head movement details. But basically you're like almost like pummeling and kind of cross-facing and lifting the chin up to keep switching the choking arm as they fight with their hands. So it's like a totally different approach to like peeling the hand out of the way, right? One strategy could be you peel the hand out of the way and then you start throwing the arm across. But this one, you're kind of, you're not caring that much about them grabbing the arm. You're letting them grab the arm and you're using their grip to kind of clear that arm out of the way and then weave your other arm over the top and underneath the chin. And then if they grab that arm, you just repeat the process. You can lift the chin a little bit, like, cup a deep grip all the way behind their neck use your elbow kind of on their face or their jaw and lift up to kind of create space between their chin and their chest for your other arm to go underneath and rear naked with the other side so against Mike Davila he kind of does it two or three times you know I got that match linked Fabricio Andre I think he does it once you could probably see a ton of that footage too on like B-Team's YouTube channel uh, on any of his roles on there. But it's just a really effective way to get a rear naked choke that's not like that typical straight jacket system. So the big three things, just to kind of recap, all from falling weak side would be Keith Gregorian style reaching to that bottom shoulder 
and then just climbing the hand up and you got to kind of punch with some authority you got to punch that punch that shoulder grip pretty hard going straight across so you can climb it up uh, or you can do like Ethan style and switch their switch their body so bring them from the weak side to the strong side as you lengthen the arm around the neck and if they start to fight the hands or fight the forearm you can pummel the arms as you move your head position from side to side around their head and you just keep switching sides that you're doing the rear naked choke with um, all of these strategies have helped me a lot at this point i'm not even really bothering much at all to get underneath the chin uh, if i got my elbow lined up with the chin i feel like i'm able to finish clean almost all of the time then a couple final tips i would just give for the back control is to Try to, with a relaxed training partner, compliant training partner, relax a little bit on your body triangle and maybe even use some hooks, right? If you over rely on your body triangle, your upper body connection is not going to be as strong as you probably think it is. And if you ever have like an injury where you can't do a body triangle or if you're ever rolling with somebody that you can't perform like a fully locked body triangle on them you may find like your control is not nearly as good as you think it is so if you just play with hooks for a little bit like maybe just rolling 50 percent, asking your partner to try to intelligently escape your back control and just like actively don't use your legs a lot and really try to think about like letting them kind of escape your hooks and trying to reestablish your hooks by like increasing your chest to back connection first and foremost, that's going to be really, really huge. Also, final point, not over relying on a seatbelt grip, right? So if, if you have a seatbelt grip, it's a lot of control, but the control is coming from that seatbelt grip. And if if and when you release that seatbelt grip to attack a choke, you're going to lose the control that you had. And when your hands come apart to go for the choke, they're going to have space to start to escape or adjust a little bit. So if you can get like, uh, if you can kind of cage them between, you know, your elbows and kind of just use your body positioning and like the frames of your upper body elbows distribute some weight into those limbs, into your arms, you're going to be able to kind of cage them in a lot better than if you're just relying on a seatbelt grip. And one thing you can really do is like a, a wave goodbye grip almost where you, um, if you're on the seatbelt and that right arm's over the top, if your left arm underneath, if you grab their hand and you you grab with your middle finger and your thumb over the top of their knuckle line and you press their palm away like you're waving goodbye out to somebody out in front of you. That grip is super hard to break and that has a lot of control over the near side shoulder. It's very tough for them to circle it out. It's very tough for them to turn uh, to the right and then you can use your right arm over the top basically to control the rotation of them going to the left and it's going to be a lot easier for you to kind of attack chokes with one arm and have a lot of control over them without having to have a seat belt so those are all things that i've played around with uh from september to now i hope some of this translated well i've done a couple podcasts where i've kind of tried to explain things technical things like this um, i've gotten pretty good feedback on it 
uh, I don't know. Let me know what you think. I always feel kind of weird, like explaining a bunch of intricate details just with a voice, you know, especially just talking by myself, you know, feel crazy sometimes. But the couple times I've done episodes like this, I have gotten some messages from people that have said that it's been kind of helpful. So since that's kind of been the biggest project I've been working on recently, uh, I thought it would be helpful. So um, if anybody tries some of this stuff, um, you know, I hope it works well for you. Feel free to drop me a line. Let me know how it's working. And we'll keep getting consistent episodes out here. Um, thanks so much for, you know, tuning in and really love and appreciate everybody. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace.